Welcome to Day Zero Update for July 19th. I am your host, Chris Sologi. I'm Patrick Mifflin. I'm John Yelanik. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Dan Red Victoria. Yeah, and we've got a, we got a busy show today. Uh, a lot of news. Yes. Uh, a few big releases here with uh, Ghost of Tsushima and Paper Mario the Origami King uh, that released on Friday. So we've got some things to say yep. here, but we'll have a... A dedicated discussion to Ghost of Tsushima because we've got three of us that have played it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at least the early parts, so no really late game stuff uh, if you're worried about that. Uh, but yeah, we got a bunch of Microsoft news here uh, as they get ready for their show later this week. Uh, we got some uh, let's see, got delays here. We got some Google's decided to remind them, everyone that they still exist with Google Stadia. <laughs> and uh, a couple of things here at the end that are uh, uh, neat things that are coming out that are gaming related. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the show today. So uh, I will start here. Uh, been playing Ghost of Tsushima, but we'll talk about more about that later. Um, been playing some more Super Hot uh, Mind Control Delete. That was the other release this week. That uh, it's free if you own the original on uh, I think all the platforms, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, they take the original, like, uh, slow down action game, uh, kind of keep the core combat there, uh, but expand the, the game around it into kind of more of a, a roguelite, uh, framework, uh, where they have sort of, a this whole little campaign, mini campaign thing you do where you're on this map and it's, you pick a spot to go to, uh, and start up like a, a series of rooms and you need to defeat a certain amount of enemies. It's usually like five or six, something like that. Uh, but they'll mm-hmm. spawn more than that into the, the level, so you kind of have a little bit of freedom to explore a little bit and uh, take out enemies however you want. Uh, the same kind of way that uh, uh, things don't move until you do. Uh, so you kind of get a very little slow uh, uh, progression of animation before you start shooting or throwing stuff at enemies, all that kind of stuff, and they've added a lot more weapons uh, into this. A lot of stuff that, uh, comes over from the first game, but, uh, I think I've seen, like, fish is a, an enemy, uh, a, a weapon that you can throw around now. <laughs> uh, uh, a lot of stuff that can just, uh, be used to break, like, books, and I think I have darts, uh, that, that are in one of these levels. Uh, which is real good when you got dudes shooting at you and just try and throw a dart at them real quick that knocks their weapon out of their hands, uh, as they're kind of stunned for a sec. Uh, which is real useful. And, uh, but the guns, they've expanded beyond some of the stuff they had there. There's, uh, the pistol that comes back. Uh, there's, like, a buckshot shotgun, uh, that is real nice. And, uh, there's an assault rifle, which is kind of wild to shoot, because it shoots, like, uh, in burst fire mode. But in the way that Super Hot works, you kind of get, like, one shot, uh, can kind of aim each individual bullet if you want, uh, in kind of quick succession. So it's kind of a, a wild way that the whole thing works. And there's this like line shotgun that shoots, uh, and the the shot kind of lands on the enemy uh, almost instantly. But it takes a little while to load, uh, reload for another shot. And yeah, like like with the mm-hmm. super hot, you get a limited amount of uh, ammo for each of the guns, so you don't uh, have the ability to kind of uh, spam it the entire time. So you got to be very judicious with how you use it and. Uh, uh, one of the big things they've added for this is, uh, if you know, like, all the enemies are red, you can shoot them anywhere to kill them, 
And they've introduced enemies that have just like one body part that is red. That is their weak point. So it might be one of the legs or uh, the arms or the torso or the head. And so then you have to really pay attention to what you're going to do there. Uh, you know, it's a lot easier when you have something like a, uh, an assault rifle or a shotgun or you just like uh, spam bullets in that general area and hopefully take them out. But uh, yeah, it's a lot of uh, a lot of cool stuff like that and the, the framework of the game. Uh, being like a roguelite, uh, you get these like bonuses that uh, show up uh, where you like increased hearts and all that kind of stuff, uh, which is pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can kind of explore the map a little bit more to unlock more stuff to add to the list of pool of bonuses, some stuff like refilling your hearts, uh, all that kind of stuff. That is, uh, uh, adds some nice variety to it. Uh, that just works out pretty well. Um, so yeah, that's been, it's been a lot of fun to keep playing that and, uh, might play some more of that on stream tonight. Um, but also been playing Far Cry 3 since I got that for three bucks in the PSN sale. It's going to end, I think, later this week. Uh, and so I have been, uh, doing a lot of just exploring in that game, kind of just going around getting loot crates, uh, getting money, buying some upgrades for my guns to get, uh, uh, better scopes or stuff like that. Uh, though I'm kind of reaching the point where I've uh, upgraded a lot of stuff where I'm just needing like the the hunting quests that take you to the special enemies or the animals. Uh, that kind of thing. Because despite this being like a an island in, I guess, somewhere around Latin America, South America, somewhere, somewhere around there, uh, they have like every kind of animal that exists, almost. Like bears, goats, uh, bison, uh, all this kind of stuff. It's like, how is all this wildlife on one island? Uh, in a way, but yeah, it's been uh, kind of the weird old game that I've been just kind of playing a lot. Uh, kind of just running around exploring, uh, dealing with a lot of stupid tigers that are hanging around all over the damn place. Mm. Uh, trying to outrun them, but uh, sometimes you just got to Shoot up tigers, I guess. Um, yep. But yeah, I haven't done too much of the story stuff. I gotta take a little break, but now I'm at the point where it's like, uh, for upgrades, I need to do missions to actually get the upgrades I need. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of uh, been mostly it for me. How about you, Pat? For me, it's still been mainly Fantasy Star Online 2. Um, I've actually got Ranger up to level 62, and... Um, the cap until next month is level 75, so I'm making some pretty good progress. Um, I'd like to have both of my characters have at least one level 75 class before um, before the update drops. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But um, other than that, I've just been uh, running my... Uh, my retro consoles, I've been playing a lot of um, EaseBook 1 and 2 on my Turbo Duo. Um, it's amazing how well that even the original version of that game still holds up. Um, and uh, apart from that, I've been playing Utopia, which is kind of NEC's um, Zelda clone for the Turbo Duo. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they decided that just because somebody, somebody might have picked their system over the NES that they shouldn't be robbed of Zelda. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did a good job with it, I have to say. Um, 
it's still fun to go back and play even now. And I'm probably going to get a full playthrough of that and Utopia 2 when I finish it up. And um, also over on the Genesis, I've been playing Virtua Racing Deluxe because that was absolutely one of the games I had to add to my Genesis Mini. And um, Arcade Racing is just one of those things that I can keep going back to indefinitely. And, um, and still have a great time. So, um, that's kind of been it for me. I've been, um, I've got to give a shout out to Phil for, um, a a game he passed along called Xenocrisis, which is kind of a, kind of like a twin stick shooter for the Genesis, but, um, I can't really get it to work properly at the moment because I'm having trouble, um, getting my six button controller set up with RetroArch. But um, from what I have played of it with using the three button, um, it has been fairly, uh, it's been surprisingly good. Um, I I look forward to being able to play it properly on a six button. I just um, have not been able to get it set up yet. And the game is gorgeous. It looks like you, if you had told me it was like a 32 X game, I would have believed you, but yeah, yeah, it that's been pretty much it for me. Hold on, uh, real real quick. So I actually got my Genesis Mini. I want to say during Christmas when it was like thirty or forty bucks, but I haven't yeah. really done with it because I wasn't that big into the collection. Um, and you know, I, I've been waiting for like a good hack. Like, is is that out now? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yes, it I is. Haven't, I haven't followed up with that, so that's good to know. Yeah, Sorry, it's um, it's called Project Lunar. Um, yeah, I. I give it my highest recommendation. I, I kind of screwed up on my own installation of it, but that was that was a Patrick problem and not a Project Lunar problem. So, um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. And, uh, yeah, I've got it running Sega CD games. I've got it running 32X games. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, like I said, I've been playing Virtua Racing Deluxe. That's a 32X game, so... Yeah, I absolutely recommend it. Awesome, cool. I'll look into that. I just got to go back into the, into my office because that's that's where I left it. <laughs> Oof, well, that's a whole other issue. <laughs> but yeah. All right, sorry, All right. Brandon. No, it's John. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh, oh I'm up. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so you might want. Uh, this is your first show, so if you want to oh. tell everybody who you are, it'll be great. Yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, my, my name is Johnny Lenick. Uh, I'm currently a uh, writer for Smashpad, and uh, this is my first appearance on the show. Um, that good? <laughs> yep. Well, That'll work. Ahead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. And uh, and uh, yeah, so what I've been playing this week, uh, I've mainly been playing uh, the new Paper Mario, Paper Mario: The Origami King, and uh, I went into it. Uh, I went into it looking for. I was looking forward to this game before it came out. And now that I finally got my hands on it, uh, I'm still working through it. But man, my feelings before release and like now after release are like polar opposites. Like basically, I, I have some pretty uh, mixed. Up, I have some pretty mixed emotions about this game right now. Uh, like it's got really good writing. I really like the world building, and uh, the combat is fun at first. But then, um, like the game just it feels 
so filled with uh, there's a lot of padding inside the game and that messes with the pacing and it makes playing the game for extended periods of time just kind of feel like a drag personally like i like it's a uh, it's definitely a uh, i guess i could say that i am a little bit uh disappointed by it <laughs> um but yeah uh so yeah i've been playing a lot of paper mario and then uh watchdogs 2 is the other big thing that i've been playing as well um just in preparation for legion uh, this is my first time ever going through watchdogs 2 i played the oh, first yeah. game back whenever it came out but uh yes. i wasn't really too high on that so <laughs> i kind of missed out on this one <laughs> before what was was there someone that was gonna say something I was just going to say that, yeah, like I, I didn't really like the first Watch Dogs, but Watch Dogs 2 totally changed my mind. But I, I'm also a little biased because I'm from the Bay Area. Right, right. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is set in San Francisco. Yeah, the, uh, but yeah, I mean, that that's how I feel right now. Like, I wasn't really too big on Watch Dogs 1, but I'm loving Watch Dogs 2 so far. I'm only like maybe like two or three hours into it. Like, I just finished. Um, like I, I just finished the series of missions with like the movie star and like the the like uh the car that you get. I think it's called like Cyber Driver or whatever. But yeah, I just finished that series of missions and man, like this game is definitely like leagues above the first one. And I, I mean, just pl- well, I'm playing it in preparation for Legion, but like I can't wait to see like what else they're going to do like in Legion to like try and top this. You know? Yeah, but yeah, I'm. Re- really enjoying it so far. And, I mean, that, that's really all I've been playing. Uh, one thing I wanted to clarify real quick with your uh, playthrough of Paper Mario so far, like, are you, are, are your issues primarily with combat? Um, yes. Yeah, I'd probably say that. They, okay, actually, they have to do with the combat, though I, th- I don't think it's solely the combat. Like, the combat on its own is fun, but it kind of lacks purpose, if that makes sense. And that's because there's no uh, there's no experience system. You know, there's no leveling system. Like, it, it's not really progression-based. You can increase the amount of health that Mario gets. Uh, yeah, you can increase the amount of health points that Mario gets, and you can increase how much damage he does with his attacks and, and all that. But none of that is, a, like, none of that is accomplished through combat. Like that's all done by, you know, like finding things in the open world that increase your health and attack points. So uh. yeah. Yeah. So, so like, I, I mean like imagine like any like turn-based RPG really. Uh, yeah. Like imagine if in any turn-based RPG, you just didn't get rewarded with like leveling up or, you know, experience points or like skills or anything every oh, time that, that you finish sucks. a battle. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, so, yeah, that that's mainly what my, I guess that's what my biggest issue is with the game. And it, I do think that like the game, how I feel about it right now, I think that the game is kind of a testament to just how important a good, um, like progression based system in an RPG is because, yeah, I mean, the, the the simple fact is, is that there's not one in this game, and that's resulting in me not really having the best time when I'm playing it. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, yeah, like yeah, it. yeah. I'm I'm really finding everyone's opinions about this game rather interesting. Like so far, it's 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 pretty favorable on Metacritic, but when you read Game uh, Gamespot seven or 
I think it's IGN seven as opposed to you know, I don't know, but IGN and Gamespot gave gave them very different scores, and uh, the, the the more negative one had to do with what you're talking about as far as battle system and uh, and progression. Um, but I feel like it's weird because um, everybody else is saying it's it's about as jam packed as like every other series entry is with the Switch. Like you know, with, with the Switch, like almost every version of every game has been like the best game possible, and it sounds like this one might be as or not really, not really as good, but might be, um, you know, uh, sort of a step in the right direction after a couple of uh, bad steps with uh, Color Splash and Sticker Star and things like that. Um, but I don't know. I'm, there's like sort of a bias because people are just want the Switch version of a game to be the best version, and as a result, you're seeing positive scores because of it. Because like from from the way you're talking, it 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 just seems like it has Paper Mario esque. Um, uh, points, but as far as being a full-on Paper Mario RPG, it doesn't really strike the right chord. I mean, for me in particular, I've actually preferred the Mario and Luigi series more as far as RPGs go. But yeah, I have the game too, but I haven't started it yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like, well, I, I'm not really all that familiar with like an, any of the other Paper Mario games. Like, I think I, I played, I think I played like the original like N64 version when I was younger. But I mean. I, I don't think I've ever really touched any of the ones post that, but, um, yeah, but yeah, like, like looking, yeah, like definitely like, I I mean, I I've seen like scrolling through Twitter, like different people's reactions and all that. And like, yeah, it it is, it is interesting to see like how everyone is kind of reacting to this game. Like for me, it really is like, I, I really wish that there was, some kind of progression system or like some kind of reward for participating in battles that was more than just, you know, coins that you can use to buy stuff or confetti that you can use to fill like uh, these like bottomless pits that you can find in the open world because both coins and confetti you can already find in the open world. Oh, um, oh yeah, my God. Yeah. yeah. So, so like really like, yeah, like, basically i i sincerely think that like if there what if there were to be like a you know some sort of a um if there were experience points or like levels or like just any sort of progression system like that that i would probably be even more just inclined to participate in battles what was that or even just decent drops yeah 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 exactly or like yeah like even if like you know they they like gave me like weapons or something like that but like i mean when when I'm playing the game, like if I'm not forced into a battle for a story reason, then I'm probably just going to try and avoid like any of the enemies that you see like in the overworld, you know? Oh. Yeah, so, yeah, but it, but yeah, that, it's really we- is a critical mistake by for any RPG. Yeah, oh. yeah, 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 yeah. It's re- it's really weird though because like it, you know even though like. I'm not really having the best time in battle and not really because of the battle, not really because of the combat system. Like the, like the combat itself, like it's, it sounds fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's puzzle based. Like, I think that, you know, I, I think that it's a, it's actually really fun. Like, I think it's a, it's literally a play. Like it's literally a, a twist or a, no, what is it? Uh, it's literally a play on words of turn-based combat, you know, because, you know, each person has a turn and, you know, you're literally turning like the dials yeah. to fight, you know, it's fun play on words. And, you know, I, I think it's really cool. I just wish that I felt more inclined to like participate in that. But like other than that, like I like the um, like 
it's a it's a really funny game. Like I've probably taken I've probably taken more screenshots of like the of like the stuff that you know Toads and like other characters in this game say. Um, I've probably taken more screenshots in this game than I have any other game on my Switch, just because I'm trying to capture like all the lines and like all, all the funny lines of dialogue and jokes that these characters say. Yeah, you know, yeah, like like. It's a really funny game. The characters are all great. Uh, I really like the um, I really like um, the art style of both, like you know, like this classic two D like Paper Mario, just like flat characters. But then also, I, I really like how the uh, origami characters look too. Like like I I think that you know, uh, I think they all look great. Every character that um, pretty much every type of enemy that has been in a Mario game, like a Goomba, Koopa Troopa, whatnot, uh, they all get like you know origami redesigns and they all look pretty fantastic to me that's cool yeah but yeah 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 i mean at at the end of the day though like uh like gotcha whenever like whenever i have to get back into it and you know like go to the next story beat and then you know get faced with combat i don't know they turned it into literal, literal work yeah yeah my my mood just like goes down uh dramatically uh Looking forward to your review, man. Oh, thank you, thank you. All right. Uh, as for me, well, um, I've uh, been playing Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, I will, uh, of course, leave that to when we get to that particular part of the part of the show. But uh, other than that, uh, I've been making use of my PS Now account and playing uh, Catherine. The original, not the new one, full body. Um, and uh, I actually finished it. I finished the uh, main campaign, which is the, you know, but I'd only got, like, the regular ending, not the true ending, unfortunately. But unfortunate. But other than that, I also got uh, Borderlands, the handsome collection, which is Borderlands that has Borderlands, the pre-sequel, and Borderlands 2. Uh, I've played Borderlands 2 already, so I've been playing the Handsome Collection. And, you know, it's fun. It's, you know, more Borderlands. But the problem is, because you're playing on basically what is, for all intents and purposes, a moon, uh, there's an oxygen mechanic that isn't, like, a part of, like, the previous uh, games in the series. Mm. So... Now you're having to basically deal with not just the hectic combat that Borderlands is known for, but you're also having to deal with the fact that if you're not careful, you will actually run out of oxygen and slowly start to die. (laughs) Which is annoying when you're in the heat of combat and you look down at that little meter and you realize, oh crap, I'm like 30 away from suddenly suffocating. I better quickly find like a little oxygen gap that's nearby and get my oxygen back. But, uh, I mean, other than that, it's pretty fun. Um, that's pretty much it. So, Dan Reb, what about you? Yeah, um, I'm really deep into Ghost of Tsushima, so we'll talk about that, that in a bit. I'm still doing uh, my daily dose of Animal Crossing. Uh, today is actually one of my character's birthdays, so looking forward to uh, giving her a crown, because that's what I do. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the crown in Animal Crossing costs a million bells. So, yeah, that's not nothing to uh, take lightly. And, um, yeah, uh, I've also been playing a little bit of Spongebob, which I talked about the other week. And Spongebob, you know, has been a great uh, power cleanser. 
Uh, but if you read my review, um, the reason why it got a three and a half versus the four that it probably deserved is the fact that the load screens just take way too long. Like you die, yeah. load screen. You have to go into a level, load screen. You want to go into a different part of a level, load screen. And each load screen takes more than eight seconds, which is totally fucking ridiculous. As opposed to something like Ghost of Tsushima, where like if you die, cool, you're back in there within five seconds. That's a big difference. So, yeah. Um, and then there's super liminal. Uh, put some more hours into that. I still get sick from doing too much first-person stuff, but uh, really enjoying the game so far. I think I'm about halfway through, and that's about it. All right. So, yeah, as uh, three of us have mentioned, we're playing Ghost of Tsushima, uh, the big new game from Sucker Punch, whose last game, uh, I guess their, their first two games of this generation, came out pretty early on in the first year of the console. Uh, yeah. Now they're here with their next game, uh, here with uh, the new one coming out. New console coming out in a few months. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, this one uh, is set. It's a, an open world set in Tsushima Island in Japan. Uh, the invasion of the Mongols has happened. And yeah, I would probably speak for all of you saying this game just has an incredible style to it. Uh, be very hard to take screenshots of the environments without it just looking amazing. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's it's very like. Ah, crap. Hold on just a second. Yeah, um, but yeah, there's there's lots of elements of this you tell that they kind of went into it with uh, uh, a specific style and atmosphere they wanted to evoke here of. Uh, oh what yeah, you it's very Japan. cinematic. And yeah, what were you going to say, Brandon? I was going to say yeah, it's very cinematic. Uh, the art direction in this game is supreme. Yeah. It's like it's they really got their uh, Kurosawa on, basically. Uh, <laughs> and basically, like no matter where you are in this game or looking at, it's like it's almost like they are finding ways to basically just pick the perfect shot um, yeah. for the camera. Everything. Is per- almost perfectly positioned. Everything is, you know, heavy with color and layers, and yeah, yeah. it's just it's genuinely a gorgeous-looking game. Yeah, you can almost tell that you're in a different area because the kind of the colors that you're seeing a lot of change dramatically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, I think where I'm at most recently was in the golden forest, and it's just all yep. just golden leaves all over the floor. Uh, the same for on the trees and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, this. This place looks ridiculous. Um, yeah, so let's kind of uh, uh, do a little bit of uh, early information. Where are you at in the game? Uh, uh, let's see. Well, for me, I'm currently... Ju- I just uh, finished up the second part with uh, Ishikawa. Before that, I also went and did... Uh, I think it's her name is uh, Lady Masaki. Masako. Uh, Masako, yes, Lady Masako. I got her part of the story sort of finished. Uh, we, you know, I, I, the point is, I haven't stormed Castle Canada yet. So, okay. yeah, I don't think you start getting to the other two parts of the island until after you do that. Um, and basically, yeah. what you're doing at this particular point is because uh, your uh, uncle has been captured by uh, the Khan, and he's holding him at, at Castle Canada. 
And basically, you are going around, your character Jen is going around trying to recruit others who can help you break him out of the castle. Um, yeah. yeah, and uh, it's like your sensei, uh, mm-hmm. who is a, a bow uh, wielder. Um, yeah. Lady Masako, I'm not sure what her thing is yet, I'm not up to her yet. Yeah. Um, you're going for Yuna's uh, blacksmith uh, brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's going to make you, I assume, the grappling hook that you use to get around. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a straw hat Ronin that is also on the list mm-hmm. of people you need to recruit. Yeah. And so, Danner, where are you at? Yeah. Um, I guess where I'm at is kind of a loaded question um, because <laughs> there is a shitload of things to do in Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, yeah. It's uh, a content-heavy game. Yeah. I started playing the game on Thursday night at, like, uh, 10 p.m. So like uh, about an, af- uh, an hour after it dropped, and man, does it have that Breath of the Wild feel on me? Like for example, with Breath of the Wild, you know what you have to do, but the journey to get there is going to be pretty crazy because you'll see a shrine and you'll, you'll want to go there. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's the same thing with Ghost of Tsushima, and um, um, I know there are some uh, critics about like the way the open world handle handles itself, but I just really enjoyed this kind of art style and the way the the world pretty much builds itself in front of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Tsushima Island is absolutely beautiful. Um, you know, um, every time you every time you walk around, you'll find something new. Whether it be a fox den, you follow the fox, and it'll it'll lead you to another, to another upgrade. Yeah. You can follow birds to various points of the map. You can find yourselves at, at, at various forts where you have to uh, take it over from the Mongols and things like that. And on top of the actual story, you have like a few other uh, side stories regarding the secondary characters that really add a lot of world building and flavor to the game. Um, I'm in Act Two. Uh, but this is pretty much after doing everything there was to do in Act 1. So, um, like Brandon said, you can finally travel to the northern part, but I, I don't have access to the third part yet. Mm-hmm. So, from what I've heard, it's a three-act game, so I pretty much understand what the loop is from there. And yeah. after I got there, I was a bit discouraged because I saw that um, once I got there, they opened up even more parts in the southern island, and I was like, oh, God, I gotta, I gotta go back there. Yeah. But uh, And I I haven't actually done that yet because I'm still enjoying what I have to do in the in the second part. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's it, it's amazing so far. Uh, since all the characters have have Japanese names, I wouldn't be able to tell you uh, um, all of their names and what I'm doing specifically that I'm particularly enjoying. Yeah. Um, um, like you guys said, like every part of the game is pretty uh, picturesque. Um, I I do wish it could be a little bit more polished because there are times where like oh I can see my hat go through the um, the linen that I'm wearing and things like that, and it's kind yeah, of yeah. There are like some mild places here and there where I've noticed yeah. some glitches. Yeah, like and the the only reason why I, I even consider it sort of a big deal is because Last of Us had none of that. Yeah, like, as yeah. far as like you know, perfect animation. As far as perfect gets, Last of Us was that. Tsushima, I think, looks a little more whimsical, and I'm loving the color and the lighting. But like you know, as far as uh, having video game problems, it definitely has those. Uh, that said, you know they're they're very minor. They're 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 nothing that'll have have me have me dock the game for or anything like that. Yeah. But um, yeah. So um, part of the reason why it has me hooked was just the amount of stuff to do. The side quests are all fun. I I I don't I don't find any of it any of it to be a drag. And like uh, the waypoint system with the wind is also pretty awesome too. Uh, it has a lot of um, wind waker vibes and things like that. And um. The, the way I'm handling that is whenever I see anything on the map that near, that's near me, 
I'll go ahead and do that first, even though that interferes with the current mission I'm on. And it allows me to cover more ground with the island so I can get a better feel for it. Yeah. Um, it definitely yeah. feels like uh, Breath of the Wild in the sense that they have a lot of like natural ways of directing you to, to uh, uh, secrets or to your mission and all that kind of stuff. Like you said, the you see the wind kind of blowing in the direction that you should be going, letting you know, like, oh, you're going this way to get to there, that kind of stuff. There's a couple times where I've had where it's like, I'm not quite sure exactly where it's pointing me, if it's pointing me, like, on a forked path, uh, a couple of stuff like that. But yeah, it's, uh, uh, I do like that when you get to, like, the, uh, they have two, like, creatures that will direct you around, the foxes and the golden bird. Mm-hmm. Uh, the foxes are pretty nice, uh, I've learned pretty quickly not to follow them directly, because uh, I think oh, the, yeah. <laughs> the one of the first spots was like on this waterfall, and I was like, "Oh, yeah. they just jump across." And I was like, "Nope, he can't do that. Uh, I should mm-hmm. just follow along the top of the waterfall to where he's going, yep. to the part where I can actually climb down, uh, do some things." And the yeah, I had one part with the golden bird. It was just uh, flying around Jin mm-hmm. uh, the entire time, like he was just hanging out. Uh, as I was getting to one of the big lighthouses. In that area, uh, so I was like, "You going anywhere, bird? Or are you just hanging out?" And it seemed like he wanted to hang out. So, um, have you guys come across any of the uh, prayer shrines yet? The uh, Inari shrines. Yeah, uh, I've come across one. Um, okay. Like, uh, yeah, you'll want to do really that like because it. they're, and you'll want to actually seek those out because there's like supplies and upgrades that are left at the shrines that you're going to need for some stuff. So Yeah, the the Fox Shrines also upgrade your like charm slots. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I've got a few of those. Uh, I do have one of the Shinto Shrines. Yeah, uh, that, 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 that's what I'm talking about, the okay. Shinto Shrines. Yeah, those are the ones where it presents you like a platforming challenge, at least the first one I have. It's yeah, like that. It's like, uh, this whole, the one's like, yeah, this whole area is fucked up. You probably don't want to go up there. And he's like, Oh, I've climbed trees. Uh, I'll be okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah. uh, it gives you like a little bit of a platforming challenge. It's uh, basically, it's basically like the, it's basically like a, a radio tower type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, from, uh, from like Far Cry or something like that, where you're basically having to climb up this, uh, sort of hazardous area. Yeah. To get to where you need. And it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty nice. And the, the one I did, also had an unfortunate uh, other like uh, area uh, near it that I went to and found uh, a dude who had committed suicide. Yeah, because uh, his family had all been killed and he felt he had no reason to keep going. I was like, oh, that's that's sad. Uh, but this is after really dealing with. Uh, I think one of the best things they do here is they have a lot of uh, dialogue with NPCs that uh, are like, oh, I've heard there's this thing. Uh, in this other part of the island, uh, mm-hmm, like yeah. little mini quests or uh, whatnot. Like one of them was, uh, oh, I heard there's uh, another samurai uh, that's still alive. It's over in this area, and yep. you go over here and find out. It's, oh, dude, like I'm pretty quickly he's like, this guy doesn't look like a samurai. fucking samurai. <laughs> uh, especially because immediately he's like talking about the big battle and uh, misnames the the beach that it happened at. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, this guy's full of shit. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. is fucking lying. Uh, so, like, every um, every little story in the game presents itself like some sort of new mini-movie of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, various samurai stuff. So like Complete with I've a opened... title screen and everything. Exactly. 
uh, each one has its own title screen. It has its own end screen, and it has like um, also like a, a common trope with this stuff is seeing the the more human side of the samurai after it's over, and that yeah. happens with, with these side quests too because he's like petting his horse and things like that. I thought it was a really really nice touch. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, yeah, the, the the Shinto shrines are actually my favorite part of the game, even though the game is technically not, not a platformer. But I really like the uh, platforming style puzzle solving. That, that yeah. that's always. Awesome that's definitely me. where you can see the infamous part of their their exactly. history into the game, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you get so to. So the last thing I want to go over is the battle. Go ahead. So the last thing I want to go over is the battle system. Like, uh, how do you oh it? yeah, because uh, there's basically like two battle systems that this game bases itself on. There's samurai and the ghost. Uh, the ghost part is basically Assassin's Creed, but it doesn't suck. Yeah, it's a bit more brutal, uh, in a sense, where you're kind of sneaking around. You can pull up a little bit of a uh, Last of Us style kind of uh, vision to see enemies through walls and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do kind of wish I could like mark enemies so I could follow them. Uh, yeah, because there's occasionally times where I'm like, I don't know if that's an en- like I see them in the distance kind of stuff. Because uh, there's a lot of like ambient stuff going on where it's like. Uh, you're hanging around, and some dudes are on horses nearby, and you start seeing the uh, the little meter that they're seeing you, that kind of thing. Uh, as well as, like, beasts that are hanging around, too. Uh, like, seeing dudes get mauled by bears, and you're like, well, that's a bear, I'm going to go the other way. Because I don't want any part of that. Um, but yeah, the the combat system with the, the sneaking around, uh, I do like the, the way that they have a lot of, like, uh, opportunities for you to sneak around, you know, under mm-hmm. buildings, uh, some open holes and such, and you get up on roofs for a lot of buildings, that kind of stuff. Uh, even before you get like a grappling hook, that makes that a lot easier uh, to kind of like uh, spy on enemies and kind of try and plan what how you're going to take out these enemies. Uh, but with the the samurai portion, uh, I do love the like the showdown mechanic. Oh just yeah, like and uh, all right, all right, fuckers, who wants to fight me? Kind of thing, yeah. just walking yeah. into a group. Uh, because you get, uh, I see some upgrade pass stuff where you can start uh, stringing together kills uh, mm-hmm. in sort of traditional kind of uh, uh, samurai kung fu movie kind of way where enemies just come at you one at a time. Yeah. That kind of thing. Though I just did my first one and I fucked it up because I didn't, I didn't get that I didn't need to hold the triangle anymore. So as soon as I did okay. it, the other guy's like coming up and I like immediately slash him and get fucking cut down pretty quickly. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So the the Ronin are also are also pretty tricky. Like they'll 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 flinch at you a couple times before they actually come at you. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So the nice yeah. thing with the the upgrade system is uh, that there's a ton of upgrades uh, for various parts of the combat. Uh, so it seems like there's pretty good ways of just kind of tailoring it to uh, the parts of it that you like. Yeah. So if you want to flesh out like the parry stuff, you can do that. If you want to do more of uh, evasion and uh, dodging, that's there as well as uh, fleshing out parts of uh, uh, things like the kunai and all that. So yeah, there's like a there's a lot of decent customization there for uh, fleshing it out for however you want to tackle enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And also, I just want to point out for people who are are started playing this, uh, the plot doesn't really change depending on what particular combat style you favor. So just yeah, though there are people that are reacting to things. Like yeah, there are you, things that react, but it doesn't bit. really change the overall yeah. story. So, but I do like the the way that stuff is handled in a sense because uh, 
you definitely go through some flashbacks learning from uh, your uncle. It's like <clears throat> the way of the samurai. Yeah. Uh, all that. And then Yuna's like uh, trying to teach you like, you know, what does it matter? That's, that's tradition. It doesn't mean that you need to adhere to that even now when shit is falling apart. Yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff. And, and your sensei is also kind of nailing that in. It's like, you know, uh, fighting like, uh, like a thief is, uh, not honorable. That kind of thing. Uh, also, Sensei Ishikawa is kind of a dick. So. Yeah. He jokes, <laughs> Jin jokes like, oh, I see why, you know, Tomoe attacked you. Uh, just be like, God, you're kind of an asshole at times. I see yeah. why she didn't exactly want to fight by your side the whole time. Mm hmm. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, so far I'm, I'm really enjoying this. It's a really nice kind of change of pace from like The Last of Us. Uh, and definitely kind of fits in with what I've been doing with Far Cry 3. We're just kind of just going around exploring, finding stuff that's going on, enjoying some of the, uh, the procedural stuff that'll happen with like little, mm-hmm. uh, attacks of animals and, uh, people getting into fights and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, anything else you guys have to say? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, you, you guys sort of touched upon it before. Like, uh, the, the the combat of the samurai is all about being precise and graceful with your movements. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about getting getting rid of your opponent with uh, doing as little, as little as possible. And the standoffs really do a good job illustrating that. Yeah. And then, um, it's funny going on with uh, the, ac- the actual combat where it involves a lot of stealth and, like, ninja-like abilities, uh, which are pretty much impossible with the heavy gear that you wear, but, you know, it's a video game, so whatever. Yeah. But, um, you know, um, mentioning all the teachings that uh, his sensei brought over him in regards to, like, being a true samurai and whatnot, like, it'll be interesting to see how this really affects the plot, because obviously the title the title itself, Ghost of Tsushima, is pretty much a double, triple entendre, and it'll, it, it, it's all up to interpretation there. But, um, yeah, that, that's one thing I'm looking for as, as the plot progresses, because you'll see that um, Jin really isn't uh, using the way of the samurai, and I'm wondering if that's going to envelop him. Obviously, you know, I haven't gotten that far yet, but it'll be uh, it'll be pretty cool to see, or pretty disappointing. We'll see about that. But yeah. as, as far as the combat goes, or the the, the actual combat, um, I have no qualms with it whatsoever. Um, my I, I guess my main things would be you know switching between arrows and you, uh, using the right bow or using the right arrow, using the right bomb, things like that. Because uh, messing around with your weapons can be a little finicky. And uh, the time doesn't stop when you're in the menus. So uh, yeah, it's of the wild where it's like, okay, cool. I'm gonna go ahead and switch to my bomb or my or, or my bow at the right situation. With Ghost of Tsushima, if you're finicking around, you're gonna die. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially if you're trying to take over a new camp, and if you're not careful with your fights, like there, there were a couple times yesterday where um, I, I I fucked up with the standoff, and then I didn't have very much health left, and I didn't have the resolve to heal myself. So I ran around, and I ended up. Uh, uh, I ended up invoking like thirteen other enemies, and dealing that dealing with that was extremely crazy. Like I had I had to run around some more, throw some bombs. Hopefully, had some heals left, and it was an absolute mess. So you know, just really understanding the way samurai combat works. None of that should should have should have happened at all. But you know, video game. So yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah also, I just want to point out uh, if you're looking for historical accuracy in this game, uh, don't. Basically, everything in this game that you see is existing like 300, 400 years earlier than it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the, speaking on the combat, I've 
it's very it's not really tough to get into early on. It's very exacting in the way that you have to kind of get used to. Um, cause there's no real, uh, kind of, it's not like a, a typical, like, action game, uh, as far as, like, you know, using square and triangle to do your attacks, not like light attack, heart attack. Uh, I imagine it gets a little bit easier once you start flushing out some of that stuff in the, with the upgrades. It does. Um, but definitely up front, you're like, alright. Uh, at this point, I've forgotten how to block at this point, cause I just don't, uh, deal with that. I just dodge and, use my quick attack after the dodge to get into enemies, but uh, there are definitely times where uh, i just gotten myself into bad trouble and just die and I'll come back. I do like that they don't. Okay. Um, they event, kind of event, checkpoint you'll, things. You'll, you'll point, eventually you'll reach, you'll reach a point in the game where a lot of the uh, uh, attacks you had to dodge could be um, parried now, so that makes yeah. it a whole lot easier. Like, oh, yeah. Just, uh, by, by the time I got to Act 2, I felt buff as fuck. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. And you're going to want to like learn how to parry too, because as uh, you level up, you get various techniques where parrying will do everything from like you know it'll like refill your health meter, like yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, and uh, they do do some uh, good options for uh, with cosmetics that actually affect the gameplay, uh, things like that. And I do like that the they don't have any mini map or anything like that, but when you go look at the map in the the pause menu, uh, you kind of only have things revealed based on where you've been, uh, like Fog of War style, uh, sort of like the way Days Gone did it, uh, which I do like a lot. It kind of makes it easier for you to know where you've been, where you haven't, uh, and where that's uh, where you need to go with uh, uh, if you're trying to look for new things to explore. And uh, uh, and I do like that they use the touchpad for a lot of uh, a lot of this stuff where I think if you swipe it up, it's for the wind to uh, make sure you know where you're going. Uh, I think one of the sides, it pulls out your little uh, uh, instrument that you can change the weather uh, yeah. through that. So kind of uh, Wind Waker style, except you don't have to actually push any buttons to uh, decide what song you're going to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just set that up front in the menus and then you use that. So if you need to, you know, make it lighter out, or you want it to rain, or whatever, for whatever reasons you need. But uh, there's a lot of cool stuff with this game. I look forward to putting some more oh, time yeah. into it. Yeah, and it's a uh, uh, it's a nice counter to the the bleakness that was uh, the Last of Us Part Two. Oh yeah, I feel like the the games definitely should have spaced themselves out a little more though, because I started the game assuming it was still Last of Us Two controls, and I was like, <laughs> buttons should have, and I was like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, but yeah. So anyway, my final thought is um, I'm, uh, I'll be the one on staff reviewing the game. Um, I know that in social media there was sort of a desire to um, have reviews from Japanese or Asian-American reviewers, so I guess I'll go ahead and put myself in that mold. But like yeah. Brandon said, don't, don't expect any historical uh, accuracies as far as like the story goes. But as far as like um, understanding like the Asian-American struggle, I'll, I'll definitely consider that when doing my review. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It definitely feels like the, the story itself even, because... You know, it's a very big part of that, and I, I would not have been surprised if, like, a, a woman would not have been as forthcoming to do that kind of stuff early on, especially, like, talk shit to you in some ways. I know they talk about yeah, go women, that far. women fighters, and the, there's, like, a group of them that you go deal with at some point. I've heard rumors on that, so. But she just feels very forthcoming, and she wants to, 
she's really willing to tear down the samurai code. Yeah. Uh, in favor of, you know, doing what you need to do to survive. Mm-hmm. Versus just the sort of toxic masculinity that pervades the, the samurai code, it seems. Yeah. Because uh, especially talking about, like, you know, you don't talk about your feelings that much, do you? He's like, yeah, I, I guess I don't. Uh, all that kind of stuff. That, yeah. Uh, also, if you're expecting ninjas, don't. There are no ninjas. Ninjas didn't exist at this point in history, yeah. so. But yeah, that's uh, uh, yeah. Ghost of Tsushima. I'll uh, probably have more to talk about next week, but not mm-hmm. uh, a dedicated discussion. But, uh, yeah, let's get to the, the rest of the show here. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we've uh, seen examples in the past few weeks of uh, people using the uh, user review system at Metacritic for awful shit. Yeah. Uh, Metacritic has finally responded by uh, making users wait 36 hours before being able to post reviews. Yeah. Uh, which I th- I think I would prefer a week. Uh, yeah. To further dis- uh, dissuade people from just posting their g- knee-jerk shit. But it's better than nothing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, that may have, I, I think probably they did originally want to do the week, do it for like a week, but I guess this was kind of like the compromise. Yeah. Compromise with who? Eh, with whoever. Yeah, maybe numbers people. But, yeah. Uh, that want views. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, this, uh, seems like at least a, a pretty good move on their part. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have been, uh, too broken up if they just got rid of them entirely. Yeah. Uh, or even mm-hmm. had uh, character counts minimums. Mm-hmm. So that you can't just post, you know, a quick few words and leave uh, with your shit. That kind of thing. Uh, yeah, that seems... We'll see how this uh, this goes if it just emboldens those idiots to come back, you know, two days later. Uh, eh. Yeah. <laughs> but I assume putting up any sort of wall... Uh, will discourage mm-hmm. the the first initial wave of assholes. Yeah, at least they at least they can't fuck with the launch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we talked on Let's Weekend about the Washington Redskins uh, uh, pledging to drop their name and logo. They have not announced mm-hmm. any sort of replacement yet. Uh, but Madden Twenty One isn't gonna. What's that, Dan? That's the least of their problems. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Mad 21 isn't waiting for them and said, you know what? We're going to, in our launch update, we're going to uh, replace the name and logo with the generic uh, Washington team. Uh, I don't know if they've said anything here. I don't think it's said anything here what the name, their generic name would be. But uh, yeah, that's going to be real great for the, the commentary they have in the game. Oh, oh man. Uh, the yeah, that's that's a huge QA issue. I mean, obviously, that's like the, the, the worst way they could have handled this. There months ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it didn't help um, that they also, just like, waited till now to announce this a few weeks before launch of the game. Mm-hmm. Especially as far as like stadiums and the XML goes to put all the right coding into the right teams and the right you know like um, an- announcement breaks. It's just going to be a QA nightmare. Yeah, and uh, I can't even all working out come day one because you know obviously the Redskins de- de- definitely have a have a um, de- de- dedicated fan base and um, yeah that, that that whole franchise is in shambles right now but these kinds of changes to make at this point in the game's release schedule uh, not easy so yeah but yeah that uh, 
If you are, for whatever reason, want to keep the name and all that, you can do that by not uh, connecting online at any point when mm-hmm. you want to play the game. Because it's all on the Ew. disc is the uh, be the Redskins and all that, but uh, once you launch it, you'll get the update uh, that happens, and uh, you'll get the the fake Washington team in there now. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, good news from the Madden team. Uh, we'll see if the game itself is anyway good uh, in a few weeks. EA uh, actually does, does a pretty good job with their fake shit. Like, uh, yeah. not a lot of people know, but since, since Bill Belichick isn't a part of the players at Coaches Union, he's not in the game. So, like, he's replaced by this old dude named Chad Masters, and I'm like, oh, cool. Here comes Chad Masters. Yeah. Yeah, they've done some of that stuff in the past. Um, yeah, let's get to Twitch here. Uh, putting their foot down and telling the U.S. Army, if you didn't know they stream on Twitch, uh, to stop oh, tricking yeah. viewers with these fake giveaways that's, uh, with these links that actually redirect, uh, redirect them to a recruitment page to sign up. Yep. That's uh, not legal. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, well, it's technically not legal, but let me tell you somebody who has had family members who are in the military and knows people who've been in the military. Uh, military recruiters lie. And that's about it. Okay. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Military recruiters lie. That's what they do. They specifically lie their asses off so they can get you to sign that contract. Yeah, and it's wild that the U.S. Army is on Twitch. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember a story like a week or so ago of them banning people that were asking about war crimes when they're streaming. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yep. you know, you can't come to Twitch and act like there's not going to be any of that kind of stuff brought up uh, for that kind of, that kind of organization. Um, but yeah, let's see, yeah, the giveaways they, uh, took place repeatedly in chats, offered viewers a chance to win an Xbox Elite Series 2 controller. Clicking the associated link, however, would send viewers to a recruitment page, quote, with no additional mention of a contest, odds, total number of winners, or when a drawing will occur. Upon learning of this yesterday, Twitch viewers and streamers reacted with disbelief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Twitch... And people send messages to Twitch saying, hey, what's what's going on with this? Why are they allowed to do this? And uh, Twitch is uh, saying, yeah, they're going to force the Army to stop uh, doing this. Uh, saying, per, as, per our terms of service, promotion on Twitch must comply with all applicable laws. This promotion did not comply with our terms, and we have required them to remove it. Uh, but yeah, that's been a, a heck of a thing to see. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think on the... Um was it uh what what you mentioned before with that uh was it people getting banned from their chat for um like um asking about war crimes in their chat and all that i think uh was it i think it was on that it was on that same stream there, there, there there's this one there's this one uh writer who uh went on there and like asked about war war crimes in the twitch chat and then posted a video of it to twitter and it was on that same stream where like the person streaming after they ban like after they banned that person like started uh going off about how like because because remember how the remember how the army like tweeted out like uwu or some shit uh while going, yeah. having a back and forth with discord like last week yeah, yeah, yeah i think that like the person that was streaming said said something like oh yeah like you know uh I, i'm gonna say uwu all the time now and flex all the time and then like yeah it, it's just it, like th- this whole so- like this saga or whatever it is has just been fucking crazy honestly <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it's wild seeing the army allow people to represent them on Twitch and them uh, not having a modicum of I don't know professionalism. I guess mm-hmm. what you expect yeah. general uh, military people to act when they're representing their branches. Uh, them just act like typical Twitch assholes. Well, do yeah. we know what branch this dude is in? Uh, well, this is just the, the their Twitch channel. Yeah. Uh, in general, I'm not sure if what a specific person it was, but uh, let me see. I'm gonna look at the one. Because let's just say certain stuff. branches have certain reputations, yeah, uh, and not well, necessarily the, the reputations army. they try to portray, but reputations with other people in the service. <laughs> Yeah, this, let's see. Okay, the the guy that's streaming at that time was a Green Beret, twelve year veteran. Ah, uh, so he's a Marine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got friends in the Navy. You know what they say Marine is an acronym for? What's that? It's my ass rides in Navy equipment. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's uh. That's the Twitch adventure for this week. Uh, let's get some actual good news here. Uh, no Man's Sky has another big update coming out, or it's already out on the 16th, uh, called Desolation, uh, which uh, brings into the game the sort of desolated ships that you can kind mm-hmm. of uh, explore for uh, special materials and items, as well as uh, on some of them. Uh, uh, aliens. That uh, alien creatures that you have to to shoot uh, mm-hmm. to survive. So you can bring in yourself or your friends to help you. Uh, yeah, lots of salvage, uh, even some story stuff as well with uh, crew logs, all that kind of stuff. So you can kind of get a little story experience out of it. Uh, that is uh, a pretty neat thing to add to the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's honestly just kind of wild thinking about. Well, thinking about No Man's Sky and how far it's come since its launch. Yeah. Like, just because, I, I mean, I mean that was a game that when it launched, it got, you know, mocked. Yeah, you know, got mocked, uh, ridiculed for a lot of its, like, faults and whatnot. Uh, yeah. Like, heavily criticized. Uh, but, I mean, like, since then, I mean, like, it's done a full 180. And, yep. uh, <laughs> yeah, like, like it, yeah, it, it's it's crazy, honestly. Like, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, I mean, I feel like you just don't see that. Uh, a lot of the time with something that the launches that that has the kind of reception that that game had at launch, you know. Yeah, yeah. it definitely says a lot that they kind of stuck to the word as far as supporting the game past launch, uh, and yep. adding new stuff and kind of flushing it out. Uh, and they've done a good job of doing that uh, and making it uh, a better experience over the the last few years to the point where mm-hmm. you know it's all in VR now. Uh, they've even with this update, they've had a lot of. Uh, uh, quality of life improvements and such. So, like, I think these, uh, these specific like little ventures tie into your freighters, uh, so you get mm-hmm. materials to be able to upgrade that stuff or uh, cosmetically enhance it, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, they've been uh, yeah one of the better games out there, uh, kind of keeping things fresh and adding new stuff to keep people busy for uh, the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see what they can do maybe with uh, the next gen consoles. Uh, powering that game. Uh, yeah, we got a little bit of bad news here. Rogue Legacy 2 is supposed to be out on the 23rd. 
this week uh, has been pushed uh, uh, about a month to August 18th, mm-hmm. uh, saying they need a little bit more time to uh, get it ready for early access launch on Steam. Uh, so yeah, hopefully that's all all they need. We'll be able to play that uh, about a month from now. Yep. I've uh, been looking forward to that one for this summer. Uh, let's see, also coming out on August 18th is Microsoft Flight Simulator. Uh, this whole new iteration of it that is... Uh, mm-hmm. This version is just going to be on PC right now. I think Xbox One is uh, a bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be also, also be on Xbox Game Pass. Uh and the big thing here is it has three different uh, price points for the three versions. So the differences, I believe, are just uh, the amount of planes you have access to and the amount of airports you have access to. Uh, the standard edition for 60 bucks gets you 20 different planes and 30 airports. Uh, or a regular Game Pass subscription for that. Uh, the Deluxe Edition gets you five more planes and airports. Uh, for $90. And uh, for $120, the Premium Deluxe Edition is going to get you an additional five uh, planes and airports, so 30 and 40, uh, respectively. Uh, they have a list here of the ones, uh, the planes that you get uh, specifically, and the airports, like in the Deluxe, you get uh, Denver's International Airport, uh, Dubai, uh, Frankfurt, uh, Heathrow in the UK, and SFO uh, for the the $120 edition. I think the 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 $90 edition gets you. Let's see, Amsterdam's airport, Cairo, Cape Town in South Africa, O'Hare in Chicago, and Adolfo Suarez Madrid Barajas in Spain. So you get a lot of uh, stuff here in the base game. I'm not sure if Ultimate gets you the the premium edition. If uh. Uh, Game Pass Ultimate does that, but yeah, kind of wild how much more expensive, but this is the kind of game that you would do that for, because people will pay for those extra ships and airports to go to. Um, but yeah, if you also uh, want the game in a physical edition, at least for Europe, uh, there is going to be one of those. Uh, and it will be 10 discs if you need that. Uh, which is kind of a... Check out the picture of it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like a folding uh, booklet, like uh, some DVD uh, movies that I have. Uh, but yeah, they even break it down, sort of what what is on the disc. Uh, the simulator's code itself is uh, pretty small in size, mandatory part of the sim. Uh, the world and aircraft delivered by Microsoft, uh, depends on the version of the game, is around 90 gigs. It's a mandatory part of the sim. There's optional online streamed content that is an optional part of the sim, and the also third-party files that are fully optional. Uh, the yeah, the DVDs contain all of Part Two, uh, the World and Aircraft. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, kind of wild. I'm not sure what the price is going to be, but you also get like a uh, it looks like a book of some sorts uh, with it as well of. Uh, Manual stuff, you know. So that's kind of a whole wild release that's coming out here. Uh, harking back to some old PC style times, but, you know, with 10 DVDs uh, worth of storage. 
uh, because that's where games are at at this point. Are just being huge freaking games. Uh, let's see. So we're gonna have a Microsoft stream later this week on the 23rd. Show off some of their first-party games. Uh, that, uh, according to Aaron Greenberg, is gonna be just focusing on games, no hardware talk at all. God damn it! Said so, said so, uh, will not feature. Uh, no business devices or similar news. Just games. Whole show about hour long focused on games. Uh, that'll be going on at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, I guess they'll, Jeff Keighley will be doing something uh, an hour early, a pre-show. Uh, so there might be some additional information there. We'll probably be talking about that on next week's show. Uh, let's see. I think that's it for uh, that. At this point, I'm convinced that they're just going to let us get to the registers with these new consoles and not know the price. Yeah, I imagine we'll get that sometime here in the next month or so, August or September. Seems like a lot of us uh, of the, the usual sites, Amazon and uh, GameStop and some others, are starting to get their PS5 pages up, uh, getting ready for announcements, so I assume that's going to be happening here in the near future. Uh, just not this week. Um, yeah, also continuing with the Microsoft portion of this show, uh, Microsoft has announced, or is discontinuing... Xbox One X and the Xbox One S All Digital Edition uh, ahead of the Series X's launch. Uh, the S, the regular S, is going to continue to be manufactured and sold. Uh, I imagine there's a bit of supply uh, to this where they know how much the X and the the Digital Edition cost, uh, uh, how well they sell, and probably realize, yeah, we got enough enough of these out there to last us for a while. Uh, it seems like, and the S they're going to probably keep as their uh, super cheap edition, which I think uh, puts into question sort of how cheap that Lockhart will be. Because people speculate. I think the discontinuation of the uh, um, Xbox One X is going to uh, be a bit of a telling point as to how much the Series X is going to cost. Uh, maybe so. But, but yeah, uh, I think the... They might want to they, keep the S is like their extremely cheap like 4K video box kind of thing. Have the Lockhart be in the middle between uh, the S and the Xbox Series X uh, somewhere there. Because that one seems to be positioned as like a uh, more capable uh, box for people that don't need 4K, uh, and then kind of keep the S as like their uh, maybe get it down to 100, 150 bucks. Uh, as a regular price. Uh, but yeah. That uh, still t- makes us wonder when the heck they're going to reveal this uh, second Xbox uh, uh, console for next gen. Yeah. And apparently it's not this week. Uh, let's see, the final Microsoft story here. Uh, they are going to be finally launching xCloud uh, as a part of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, the $15 a month uh, subscription uh, to stream, uh, they say, 100 games, uh, over 100 games uh, on a phone or tablet when it launches. Uh, let's see, it's going to be in September, I believe. Uh, so yeah, people can start checking that out. Uh, a little bit surprised they don't have a browser version of this service yet. 
I imagine it must be coming at some point. Oh um, yeah. But yeah, the yeah, I imagine it's gonna be a little bit harder for Android people to get in on that because you need, I think, ten Android ten uh, that OS. I'm still stuck on nine, even with my phone I just bought six months ago. Uh, which is because Android is a little bit more tied to the carriers. Uh, as far as the upgrades, I could probably root it and get it up to ten if I want, but yeah, I don't really care that much about playing uh, console games on my phone with a controller. Yeah, I'm completely ambivalent about cloud-based gaming myself. Yeah, because it's like, I'll just play the few phone yeah, games I'm going to play uh, when I'm taking a break at work or whatever, if I need to. This was, this was going to somewhat put a put a dent into like my, my gaming time, considering the amount of travel and the amount, amount of travel I had planned, but uh, yeah, not anymore. So Yeah, I did see that uh, Hori announced their uh, xCloud uh, controller. Uh, so it's kind of like the... or Not Hori, the Apido. Uh So they're basically taking the, the Super Nintendo-like controller they made, uh, making it black, have a little Xbox button there in the middle. Uh, and no handles on it, so you're going to attach it to this thing that's going to put a little bit of extra weight on that uh, that I kind of think I would prefer to look like the... Uh, the SN30 Pro Plus that I have here. Uh, yeah, it, it's also uh, symmetrical sticks, so I saw a lot of people uh, kind of getting offended at the notion of playing Xbox games with symmetrical sticks, <laughs> which is always fun. Um, oh, they can die mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes for people. Uh, see if people actually like it or not, and uh, yeah, not really surprised they're tying it to Game Pass. Uh, though I am kind of surprised there isn't like a separate option if you want, just for the streaming. Uh, maybe a little cheaper, but I'm guessing tying it to Game Pass gives you a specific library of games to use for it. Uh, let's see sort of how that stuff evolves in the future, but uh, for now, that's uh, that's the Microsoft portion of the show. As we head into this stream coming up here on Thursday, I think it is. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, Sony has some news uh, coming out of uh, the Nikkei here. Uh, that they are looking to increase their production of the PS5 by 50%. Uh, they were initially looking to produce about 6 million units for launch. Uh, now looking to make 9 million units. So it seems it's just... Uh, that COVID-19 affecting their production ability is uh, not as bad as they initially thought. Uh, just That's good news. a lot, 50%. Yeah. Yeah, so that should hopefully make it uh, a little bit tougher for scalpers to get in yes. there and uh, affect yeah. people's ability to get units at launch for decent prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is going to be I nice. I do still want people in the factories, though. I mean, you know... Uh, they're, they're they're dealing with the with, with the pandemic and all of a sudden yeah we want you to double your uh, your output but okay let's see how yeah. it goes yeah it's uh yeah but it really seems like uh, China is at least doing a lot better with uh, COVID nineteen this time around That's than true. They were initially yeah uh, we have states that probably have more COVID nineteen cases than China has total yeah probably uh, which is a uh, good way to put all that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll test less. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just... So, uh, is anybody who's planning on getting one for Christmas? Uh, I want. I want to jump at launch. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, there at launch. And plan yeah, I'm going to have to launch. wait till Christmas. But uh, yeah, yeah we'll uh, I got it, it there. Yeah. I don't miss launches. It's my whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. How about you, John? Uh, oh, uh, oh, I'm trying to get one at launch. All right. Yeah. We just need dates and prices for these consoles. See what, what's what. Yep. Uh, see how much we got to save up for these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, you got, uh, how much time they give us to save it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got, uh, three more stories here. Uh, Google had a Google Stadia connect, uh, to reveal 16 new titles for the service and some exclusive deals with some devs. Uh, yeah, one of these would be interesting to pet. It's Super Bomberman R online, a sort of battle royale take on, uh, the series that supports up to 64 That's... players at once. It's oh, not wow. a game you want on the cloud, though. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's... Uh, like if they released it as a patch for existing copies of Super Bomberman R, I would be there. Because yeah. I've got it on my Switch, but... I'm not going to play Bomberman on the cloud. That's just not a thing that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda, yeah uh, Go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, it kind of makes me wonder if they are going to patch the uh, existing versions of Super Bomberman R... At some point, with with some sort of update that has this mode in there, or if it's just going to stay exclusive to Stadia. <laughs> yeah, I've already seen people like, are they going to be able to actually get sixty four people at once? Mm-hmm. Yeah, are there, right. there sixty four Stadia users? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're spread out about fifty games though. So, uh, how is that actually going to work? Are they, are they going to have sixty four bombers on one screen, or do we have have a zoomed in? Look, well, we've or? had. We've had ten player Bomberman already in the past. Oh so. yeah, but ten is not, not sixty four. No, it's not. But um, I figured they would just do the same thing they did with the ten player, which was make a bigger map. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it's going to be a, a bigger map that uh, will just be all sorts of chaos. It sounds like Phil would hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. They are also including Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice. Another mm-hmm. game that famously doesn't uh, require precision uh, <laughs> to it. God damn. God. Uh, yeah, that, that that was the first thing that came to mind when I saw that that was coming to Stadia. I was like, like God, like I can't imagine like trying to play a game that requires as precise timing as Sekiro over the cloud. Yeah. <laughs> like and and like you know, yeah, because like I mean, parrying in that game is very precise. And, uh, yeah, like, try, if your internet connection isn't, like, godlike, then you're probably going to have a pretty bad time. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's... I would think if Google really wants Stadia to succeed, they would focus on acquiring games that don't shine a giant spotlight on the, on the platform's innate weaknesses. Yeah, but also but... from software fans love challenges. Uh, True. And telling <laughs> oh, people, like, hey, try and get through this without getting hit. Uh, all that kind of stuff they can do with the cloud version. But how many people would take up that sort of challenge? I don't know. Maybe I'd be better at the game if it was slower. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's see. Also with this, there's a new game from... Uh, let's see. It, wait, where is it at here? Splash Damage. Uh, makers of a number of uh, fine multiplayer games. Uh, 
This one's called Outcasters. Uh, that they describe as a vibrant and accessible competitive online multiplayer game. It's a distinctively, uh, distinctly stylized vinyl world. Uh, which also joins Orcs Must Die 3 as a Stadia exclusive. Uh, so they got some money out there picking up some of these uh, smaller games, I guess. Uh, but they also have three more games that are coming to Stadia from exclusives uh, from Harmonix, Until Dawn developer Supermassive Games, and Submerged developer Uppercut Games, which uh certainly keeping some of those studios busy. Uh, no clue what those games are going to be, but you can probably guess from uh, some of their prior work what they... Harmonix is going to make some sort of a rhythm game. Mm-hmm. Supermassive probably makes some sort of a adventure game. And Uppercut Games probably going to make some sort of a survival game. Uh, let's see, yeah. what else do they have here? Uh, let's see, some more stuff they announced. Uh, One Hand Clapping is coming to Stadia. Yeah. Uh, Dead by Daylight. Multiplayer game there. Uh, Hitman, Hitman 2, and Hitman 3 are going to be on Stadia. Uh, Series Sam 4. Uh, WWE 2K Battlegrounds, uh, PGA Tour 2K21, and NBA 2K21. Uh, just to keep the 2K train going there. And uh, both Hello Neighbor and Hello Neighbor Hide and Seek. Uh, oh. Yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of the lineup they've got going. So there's some decent names on there. I don't know if that's going to turn their favor around or what, but... It'll least... make them feel better about themselves. Yeah, at least these devs are getting some money to uh, try something new. Uh, let's see, we got two more here. We got Dragon's Dogma is getting an anime adaptation on Netflix. Well, that is yeah, cool. The, yeah, yeah. Th- this was probably the most random thing that I saw. Like, scroll, I scrolled through uh, this mm-hmm. week just because, like, I mean, I never would have thought there would be a Dragon Dog, a Dragon's Dogma anime. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be out September 17th. No real trailer just yet, but uh, I'm not sure who's working on this. Yeah, I don't think I see anything here about who's working on it, but uh, there's some promise there. I don't know that story was necessarily the thing that drew me to Dragon's Dogma, but <laughs> maybe, they'll, yeah. maybe they'll do some cool stuff here. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's an action game through and through, so it'll probably be a shonen type. Should be yeah. interesting. They'll spend, um, yeah, uh, they'll spend entire episodes can't... climbing up monsters. It's really weird that this came out of nowhere because, you know, we had a AX last week and um, there's, there's going to be like an anime gaming event from Bandai next week. So the fact that this dropped like here is just re- really weird to me. But, you know, um, I, I'll definitely give it a shot. Um, yeah. Looks interesting. Like I, I'd imagine the fights will be epic. Yeah. yeah. It'll be nice to see what that, see how they do that. Um, and last thing here, Lego uh, had a little bit of a leak of this NES kit, and then we got it officially announced, uh, which is a pretty cool whole thing here, where uh, you get to build an NES uh, proper uh, controller, uh, a little cartridge, and a TV uh, to go with it that kind of has a little crank on the side, and you see Mario... Uh, kind of going through uh, some form of one-one uh, on there, uh, which is a pretty cool uh, whole set. Uh, I believe it's going to cost uh, two hundred thirty bucks. It'll be out August first. Uh, what do you guys think of this whole thing? I thought it looked really cool. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I thought it looked great. And uh, while I was watching the little uh, ad that they put out for it, I was like, oh, I might pick this up. Then I saw it was 230 bucks, and I'm like, ooh, I don't think so. Oh, hell <laughs> no. Hard pass on that. Yeah, that's the, uh, yeah. That's the Lego I, thing. Yeah. I have a text group with my friends, and like we always share like various collectible stuff. And w- normally I don't really care unless it's gaming involved. And yeah, this, this is it. Um, I've never been much of a Lego kid, but I did receive like you know maybe two kits when I was younger, and like I enjoyed the shit out of it. But I, w- I was all about finding instructions and and, and like and uh, building off of those. I, I never really strayed out of my path. I'd imagine the instructions here would be pretty uh, uh, easy and hard to follow at the same time. But <laughs> this thing look, 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 looks uh, really really cool. Um, I don't yeah. know about two hundred and thirty bucks, but if I could buy these things separately, I'd probably do it. Yeah, it's, if uh, I had two hundred thirty bucks to spend on an NES, I would get an NES Classic. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, uh, I think the the thing about this is it's I think it's twenty six hundred pieces, and there's a lot of customized pieces just for this set, uh, especially for that TV that uh, you know causes it to be that kind of uh, expensive. Because if you look at like some of the the Star Wars kits, like the the one for the giant Star Destroyer. I think it's like three thousand plus pieces, and it'll bring up like three hundred bucks for that kind of stuff. It's very much not meant for people that just want uh, a decorative piece. It's somebody that wants like a, a a kit to build, you know, for maybe a couple days or uh, weeks, depending on how fast you go through it. You kind of have this cool little uh, kit to work with uh, and show on your shelf if you want. Yeah, uh, I think I saw the trailer of the. The guy was like blowing on the cartridge, uh, that kind of do. thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, doesn't matter if it's Lego. Yeah. Uh, uh, for the for the record, though, like uh, as far mm-hmm. as those balking at the price, this is actually standard Lego. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh really? Yeah, they're. Yeah. It, it, they I, always, I didn't know that. Yeah, their their big kits are definitely uh, fairly expensive. Oh yes. Yeah, I'm looking here at the. Looking through on the the site there, like they got a Millennium Falcon. Uh, that is how many pieces is this? Uh, oh, Jesus, why don't you just tell me specs? It's thirteen hundred pieces. It is uh, one hundred and sixty bucks. Yeah. Uh, stuff I'll tell like you that. One, like if, if 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 this were a San Diego Comic Con or Super Nintendo World exclusive, yeah, the resale will be through the roof on this. I assume it'll still be through the roof because people. Uh, hoard it and sell it f- after their initial supply is gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, the Death Star here on uh, the Lego site is $500. Uh, it's a huge kit. It's like one of those ones that also has like a like a kid's play set where it's like you can put figures in uh, the actual different levels of it and all that. Uh, how like big I is said, this thing? Standard yeah, it's 4,000 pieces. Uh, yeah, 23 minifigs for that thing, jeez. Yeah. That's a lot. Uh, but yeah, Lego's not for people that want, uh, uh, cheap and easy builds. That's why they nope. sell, like, they sell, like, little kits for 20, 30 bucks if you want that. To build, like, a, a little X-Wing or something like that. Uh, even got Minecraft ones, uh, as well. So yeah, there's, it's a, it's a really cool set. I'll maybe watch somebody else build it. Uh, see how it looks. Uh, but yeah, it's it's yeah. it's definitely one of the more inventive sets they've done in a while. Yeah. 
it it looked pretty big in that um in in that uh advert yeah in the advertisement that they released like it, yeah I thought I thought it looked pretty pretty huge honestly yeah. like for like for Lego yeah especially because oh. I I assume like the NES is just the case itself you're not putting much inside of it right uh, that kind of stuff the TV itself has more things inside of it because that's actual scene that cranks uh, mm-hmm. through there yeah uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought that I thought that was really cool how it was like uh, side scrolling. Yeah, they definitely have a, a cool little setup there with this like bar that's holding up uh, the Mario uh, that moves up and down as it goes because it's following the course. I believe you have the other Mario sets with the the weird Lego Mario thing that can output sounds and all that. You can plug it on top; and it'll output the actual audio sound effects of him jumping and getting coins and all that kind of stuff. As he goes that's through the cool. stage, so that's uh, if you wanted to make it even more expensive. There you go. Lego, <laughs> uh, like this Lego and Nintendo partnership has brought about some really cool, uh, oh expensive, yeah. expensive stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. it's sixty bucks for that uh, Mario uh, figure and uh, a little starter course there. Uh, so that's almost three hundred bucks if you want that whole kind of experience. Yeah. One thing that that, uh, Lego, that uh, Lego could do, if uh, so, Lego, if you're listening and you want and you want my money, uh, one thing you could do is build every gaming controller or um, various NES cartridges to build, and I might waste my money on your on your shit. Just letting you guys know. Yeah, yeah look at you, uh, Lego Jaguar controller, Lego 3 <laughs> controller. Oh. Uh, make sure and charge you plenty for that. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's it for this week. Uh, thank you for joining us, John. Uh, yeah, we've got... Of course, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll definitely have you on again if you're available. Uh, let's see, yeah, we've had uh, a bunch of stuff here to talk about. Uh, next week we'll have the Microsoft show to talk about. Uh, and who knows what uh, what other crazy shit's going to happen here. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I am your host, uh, Chris Logi, here with uh, Patrick Mifflin, John, jeez, uh, I forgot your name already. <laughs> y- uh, Yelenic. Yelenic, okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, Brandon Perkins, Dan Victorio. Uh, we'll see you guys again next week. Have a good one.